Okay, anyway, I'm supposed to preach this morning. God's approachable. So, anyway, but really, come on out. Um, we really about, it's really for us about connecting and growing together and, and growing old together. So, um, let's go ahead and turn to your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 4. Um, go start in chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. It's perfect timing, especially the week we've had, all of us have had, um, with the government and all those things. But I want to always remind us that God... Is always available for us. But look, look at some things here in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. It says, since, since we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Basically, you can say, let us hold on to our faith. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, weaknesses, but one who is ever, in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, I love when he says us, then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and out to help in the time of need. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you right now in this short, hour, this short time that you uh, give us revelation about how easy it is to approach you and how easy it is to hear from you. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you're a Bible scholar and... Uh, you know about the book of Hebrews. It's a book of encouragement. But if you want to put one word to the book of Hebrews, it means better. Better this, better that, better covenant. And whenever you feel discouraged, I want to encourage you. You can start from chapter 1 all the way through chapter 12, and you'll be running around your house shouting. Because it's talking about a people who gave their life to Jesus, to some of the Jews, and they were taking on some horrendous persecution. And they were at the point in their life where they said, should I give this thing up and go back to what we learned from the before Judaism? Or do we push through? And this is a letter of encouragement telling that we need to push through. I think this letter is so timing because see, this, these last few months, we've been going through horrendous things. Personally, corporately. And we all might have the question, should I give this thing up or should I push through with Jesus Christ? And if you look at the book of Hebrews in chapter 4, it talks about really the overall, from chapter 3 to chapter 4, it talks about entering God's rest, which is being assured that God is in control. And he said the people of Israel couldn't enter his rest because of one thing, unbelief. It's one thing you have to hold. Sometimes it's all you got, you got to believe and hold on to your faith. And he does, a, he does some contrasting. He talks about Jesus and angels. Jesus is higher and better than the angels. Then he goes to Jesus is better and higher than Moses. And then he contrasts in this part of the section of it that he's uh, Aaron. Aaron was a priest with Moses on the Levitical line. The, tri the, uh, the tribe of Levites were all priests. Now we're going to get and change things. Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. He's become our great high priest. When you look to the Bible, there's no such thing as a great high priest unless you have a great God who is our high priest. And it talks about in the very beginning, since we have a high priest who passed through the heavens, and it gives you a contrast. If you know about the tabernacle, you know about the temple of God, when they had an earthly priest who would represent us once a year to atone our sins, he would move, he would pass from the courts of meeting into a holy place, 
And then there was a curtain called the Holies of Holies, and he would go in there, and he first he had to offer sacrifice for his sins, and then he would do it for the rest of the nation. And you'll be good and covered, not cleansed, covered for one year. Now, if he made a mistake, and we talked about last week, if he was out of alignment, he would die in that place, and he had people to pull him out. Well, it talks about Jesus Christ who passed through the heavens. And it gives you a contrast. Jesus went to the courts, went to the holies. And when he died on the cross, he offered his sin. He offered our sins on our behalf once and for all. His blood was once and for all. We don't have to go every week or every once a year. We don't have to fly to Jerusalem and find your best goat and find your best sheep and offer a sacrifice. Aren't you happy that Jesus did it once and for all? And he said when he died on the cross, whatever was split, whatever was separating us, the curtain in the temple ripped open, which gave us free access to the great high priest. We don't have to go through washings to go through our great high priest. So when we talk about Going to our Father and going, seeing God in a new way, Jesus in a new way, our great high priest. I want to go and give you a few things on this. One thing that me and Miss Donna, we're kind of old-fashioned. And we get, you know, we get, sometimes we get, people say, why do you keep doing that? Well, we buy a new car. And, you know, you buy a new car, you have a warranty on it. So you have to take it to the dealer to get it fixed. And sometimes you're tempted not to because they have high prices, depending on the warranty you have. Well, after we pay off our cars, we continue to go to the dealer. Because we want to go to the source who built the car, who understands the car. I don't want to go to an outside source. I don't want to go to a second hand. Someone who says, I know about this car. No, I want to go to someone, I built this car. So when you're in your life, you want to go to the source of something. You want to get to the source of, we say, the source of the matter. Well, when you look at this scripture, there's three things that Jesus is the source of. He's the source of sympathy. He's the source of mercy. And he's the source of grace. And then you can go to the source 24 hours a day, seven days days a week. You don't have to wait to Sunday for the dealership to open. You can meet with him on on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, as many times as you want. And it won't cost you nothing but your pride. So when you go to the source, when we talk about the source, going God is approachable, it's good to go to the source. The first one is the source of sympathy. Now, it's interesting, he says he can sympathize with all our weakness because Jesus came, became man. Jesus is true God and true human being. He's the only one that united deity, which is, which is God, and humanity, and lived his life and experienced the things of life like we do today. It says it's amazing because Jesus... Christ loved us enough to identify with us so he can sympathize with us 
and knows all our weaknesses because he faced those weaknesses yet without sin. Yet without sin. And he's just sitting there. Again, he has a source of sympathy. He sympathizes with us even through our infirmities, when we're sick, our wants, our miseries, when we're in danger, and our weaknesses. Because Christ was tempted in all areas. Think, listen to me. Society thinks that he sinned. He did not sin. He was tempted in all areas. If you go to Mark chapter 4, you go to Luke chapter 4, he was tempted like we are in three areas. The flesh, the eyes, and the pride. He was tempted in Luke. He was tempted in, in Matthew 4. And the interesting about Luke, after he was tempted, the said the devil left and came back for a more opportune time. When you say tempted, he was being tested like we are tested every single day. So he can sympathize if you fail a test. He understands. He's going to understand you better than anyone else. More deeply than anybody else. When he says he sympathizes, he takes the hurt. He empathizes with, empathizes with us. Make sure I get it right. And he takes that hurt with us. Though he's in the heavens, he's just that close to us. I want to encourage you today. I'm too down. I'm too under for God to sympathize. You better believe it. Go to him first before you go to people. I'll, I'll, you know, as a military, we always you put the paper out there. Let's work on it. Let's fix it before you go to God. Go to God first and then go to people to back it up. Go to the source and then go to the second source who's hearing the source. Don't go to the source who's not hearing the source because you're going to be in source. Go to him and you're not bothering him. <laughs> we all had dads. Don't bother me until... The game's over. And then you, the game over? Yeah, don't bother me. I'm going to bed. God doesn't do that to you. He doesn't say, loser. He doesn't say, you missed it. If he would have did that, we wouldn't be here. Jesus took all that. He took my imperfections. He took the sins I did last week. Today, and I'm going to do some more tomorrow. He took that. You want someone to sympathize with you? He's the number one. Because he's the source of sympathy. And the other thing is, the greatest thing is in Hebrews chapter, um, oh, that's, next, that's the next one. I'll say it anyway. Hebrews chapter 7, 25 that he's sitting there praying for us and interceding for you. He already knows your weakness before you say, isn't that amazing? You don't want to tell God because you don't want him to find out like he doesn't know. <laughs> we were talking about today in foundations class. How do you know a guy who picks an all-star team, picks a guy who fish, picks a tax collector who rips off everybody, and then he picked the thief who was going to turn him in? Like he didn't know. And he still gave him love and sympathy. 
how much more does he want to help you? <laughs> you can know worse than tax collector. They weren't allowed to, t- they were so crooked, they weren't allowed to testify in court. The oath was, you're not testifying because you're a crook. Don't ever, de- don't ever labor yourself down below that God won't want to talk to you and, and um, interact with you. Because you know why he did that? When he sent Jesus Christ, he abolished all that. He said, that's how special you really are with all your imperfections. Jesus, again, was tempted in all areas. First John 2.16 says this, For all that's in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride and possessions is not from the Father, but from the world. He dealt with all that when he went up on the hill. Hey, turn, you're hungry after 40 days. Turn this, uh, these rocks to bread. Ooh, that looks good. Oh, that's not good enough? Go up on the mountain, look down, I'll give you all that. He said, no, he, he fought back with the word. Oh, if that's not good enough, throw yourself down. Because it says those who th- you throw yourself, and God will lift you up. Pride. Eyes, flesh, pride. He went through that test because when he was on the cross, the same test came up. If you're the son of God, come down here and tear at these people. He passed that test so he can pass a test for us to be free. That's why he can sympathize with us. And who doesn't deal with this every day? Looks good. The pride of possessions. How much stuff is too much stuff? When is it ever enough? Christmas is coming up. What do you need now? I've seen your garages. Our test, we're getting, and guess what, guys? We're getting tested on whom we believe through what's happening today. God is showing us, some of us has propped our ladder. I love what, I love what Anley Stanley says about hope. We think that we have hope in Christ, but then we find out when the government decides not to fund us, our ladder was propped up against government. It didn't affect everybody. Found out my ladder should be on Christ. He'll take care. He knows exactly when it's going to end. And he knows you're going to get paid. So I will go eat me a burger and say, since he's Jehovah Jireh, hey, you got it. Come on, somebody. That's faith. Is it easy faith? No way. If it was, everyone would be doing it. But it's a good faith. And I love this. This is a bullet I wrote. Jesus experiences with our full humanity assures that God emphasizes with, every, with us in every facet of our lives. Every facet he cares about, he can sympathize with us, man. Whew. You don't have to ask him, do you understand? Yes, I do. I understand your disappointment. I understand your hurts. I understand your pain. Just come to me and I will heal all those things. Don't sit in your house and, and grope about it. it doesn't, you don't do well when you try to be by yourself. Get with me. Get with some people that will help you get out of that. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. I understand those things. Don't treat your heavenly father like maybe the way your, heaven, your earthly father treated you. He always has time for you. The second thing is sources of mercy. A big word for that is compassion. Aren't we glad that we have a God who's compassionate? 
How, you say, Pastor Rich, how is he compassionate today? You're here. <laughs> when you look at the gospel, we shouldn't be here because mercy gives you what we don't deserve. <laughs> Think about it. We're here. Mercy from our past sins and indiscretion. How many walk around in self-condemnation? Because you don't think you measure up. Think you failed at something. You go to God, he says, you're not no failure. You start reading the words, yeah, you are wonderfully, craftily made. Oh, I am. You start going in his presence. Self-condemnation. Now, I'm so glad he didn't make us perfect. He's perfecting us. I want to encourage you today. You don't let this become a print in your mind like an A-track that you can't erase. You don't know what A-tracks is. Okay, it's cassette decks. So I know I'm going. Okay, what's, what was before then? What was after that? Huh? CDs. Yeah. To rewrite things. Yeah. Now that everything's digital loaded now, right? Can't get my PS4. Can't wait. Anyway, okay, come back. <laughs> don't let this be, uh, uh, don't let this define you. We have a happy society that's defining us. That's so-and-so the alcoholic. That's so-and-so who's, uh, that's, uh, she's a mother without a husband. We grew up with, Willie DeWano, we all grew up with one. That's Willie DeWano. We're defining his past sins and discretions. Don't let the enemy define you in that fashion. Let the Bible and let God define you. Because guess what? He saw that. He still sent his son. That didn't stop him from dying on the cross for us. Live life today and tomorrow. The past you can't fix. All you can do is change the definition of the past. And my definition of the past was changed. I was lost, but now I'm found, man. Y'all yeah. getting it? Hey, don't think Pastor Rich got it all together. Hey, this speaks to me all the time. Last one is source of grace. Grace for our present and future walk. <laughs> for your present, you got grace. Now, I love what John Piper says. A lot of times we define grace as pardon, which is great. Our sins were pardoned. We have grace from God. But there's also another side of grace, which is called power. It gives you power for living. It gives you power to say no to sin. Gives you power to walk victoriously. So grace is amazing. And his grace only comes when in our time of need. When we come in our time of need. If we don't come in our time of need, there's no grace. So you come before you're overwhelmed. I'm talking to the guys. Because always, we're always in the garage. I'm going to work it out. I'm going to work it out. And you're getting older. I'm working it out. 
And God says, look, with all your pride, just come to me. I'll work it out. Get out of the garage and go have a life. working it out. In our time of need, not until. There's that quote from uh, um, John Piper. It says, grace is an enabling of gift of God not to sin. Grace is power, not just pardon. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to live my life knowing I'm just pardoned that I can't thrive. And not a pardon that they're going to read about in, in the newspaper. He was a criminal who was pardoned. Let's remind him of that every single time you see him. No, his pardon is wiped clean. There's nothing there. You have nothing on me. Now I have power. The only power I have, and I realize, is God Almighty himself. Nothing, nothing else. Because nothing else is going to come good out of me except him. It's amazing. This is what I said here. Hebrews 7.25. We can have, it's the throne of grace because Jesus is on the throne. Prior to that, it was a throne of judgment. Till Jesus died on the cross for us, he sits here on the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for each and every one of us. He's praying for that wayward family member that just said, they're never going to get saved. Have faith, they will. I'll never get a job. Have faith, you will, because he's praying for you. I'd rather have him praying for me. He's praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week, sitting there interceding for you. <laughs> yeah, it's my daughter. It's my son. Father, he's our advocate. One thing I like, I'm old school. I remember when you used to walk around in cash. Remember you had cash? Now you got debit cards and I don't do credit cards. And before, like when I grew up, um, whenever we ate, we cleaned up the kitchen. It was closed. You weren't going to get no midnight snack. You better eat your dessert right there and there. Well, when I grew up, when the bank was closed, you had no money. Because your mom and dad going to give you nothing because they gave you allowance. Now we have what we call an ATM. 24 hours a day, if you have money now, don't do this if you don't have any money. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whenever I have a need, the need gets met. Do you know we serve a God? 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whenever you have a need, you don't have to get, go to your car and go down the street. All you got to do is get in your bedroom and get on your knees. <laughs> Say, God, I can't do this, man. I know. Are you finally getting it? 25, that's the kind of God we're talking about. He's approachable. You don't have to get dressed up to be like with God. You hear this when people, I got to get right before I come to church. Are you kidding me? You think everyone here got it together? You think I got it together? No, he wants you to come so you can get it right. You walk in and try to get it right. They had those guys, they're called the Pharisees. They had nothing right. They had nice clothes. That's about it. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we have an ATM. We have a God. When he says come boldly to the throne of grace, 
If you look it up in the Greek, it means come in freedom of speech. How many of you flower your prayers? <laughs> Lord Jesus, you know. <laughs> he says, come freely. Say what's on your heart. Are you mad? Tell him. Come freely of speech. Come with the confidence that he hears you. Don't get all ready to, I have my coffee, I have the proper language. Lord, thy God, come down to Grace Point Church and bless everybody. You, you kidding me? He's like, what are you doing? This is a relationship. It's like I tell my wife, if I tell my wife, honey, I love you, thou, thou, you, she's like, I'm going to hit you in the head with this mic. What's wrong with you? Boldly means in the Greek, free speech. We can freely come to him in any condition. <laughs> Guys, don't work so hard to be with your father. We set ourselves up and we miss out. We got to have the confidence that he hears us. I say he's praying for us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Go to 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is one every day. Josh, come on, man. Every day. Every day. Every single day for me. I got to have the confidence, fight through all the mess. That, I fight against what the devil says. You blew it. You're stupid. You're never going to do anything right. Am I, am I communicating with somebody today? He's not going to hear you. you. You messed up. Repent 15 times. Give him 150 confessions. Maybe he might hear you. Maybe he might wake up. No, every day I got to get on my knees and believe this is a life-changing scripture. This is the confidence that we have toward him that we ask anything. Woo! I'm getting saved again. According to his will. He, everyone said together, he. And we know, another confidence, baby. I know that he. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the. That we asked of him. You got to keep this in your pocket. Because life will try to knock you down and say he doesn't want to hear you because you'll label yourself by your past so he doesn't want to look at the past because I feel like trash so I'm not going to talk to him. And you got to realize that he hears you before you even say anything because he hears your heart. Before you even utter the words, he hears your heart. When you go around thinking, God, my marriage is a wreck. He hears your heart. God, these kids feeling like they're out of control. He hears your heart. And he gives sympathizers with you. 
and he gives compassion to you. And he gives you grace sometime to go another day or some another hour. You didn't do anything to fail him. He's listening to you every even your silence right now. Your hearts are burning through something. He hears it. I love that when the scriptures say, before I even pray, he already knows what I'm going to say. I want to encourage you in these days and times. It's been a week for some of you. I talked to some, a lot of people this week. I had to go outside and look. Oh, the sun's still shining. Remember I told you that last week? The sun is always shining above the clouds. Jesus is always sitting on the throne. And it says he's sitting, not standing. That means he's not worried. He's always there. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Some of you don't even write on your prayer cards because you're afraid that he doesn't want to hear you. And he is crazy about you. He's not here to kill you. He's here to lift you and to love you. You can come to me any way. You mad? Tell him. You'll say, I'm so glad you were getting real. I told this class, I found the foundations class today. It's all about a relationship, not a performance. And I'm calling, I think the church of Jesus Christ today, we gotta spend more time on our knees alone. Find you a prayer closet. Because this is an experience on Sunday morning. We try to do a good job for you to engage God. But where you're going to be built brick upon brick and hear the Father's heart for you is going to be in your prayer closet. Because you got to hear God in these days. Because one bad turn could put you in a bad place, but he can put you right back in the right place. We need God to know how to raise our families. We need God to keep purity in the world. We need God to correct our nation. And how is he going to do it? He's going to say us. Those who hear, those who I know I sympathize with, that I'm going to give you mercy and I'm going to give you grace and power to do great things for me. So don't act like you're a foster kid or you're not adopted. You're God's kids. You're special. I know this is not popular to say that today, but I can care less now. I know how God created us. To do special things. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just seek God right now. I'm gonna have-